Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And we're off on this Wednesday, December 6th. Coming up in the next three hours, we look back at what we saw last night in the NBA with the four semifinalists set for the in-season tournament, which finishes up in Las Vegas at 620. We look at the best games from week 14 in the NFL, followed by more NBA at 640. During the 7 o'clock hour, we'll play Read and React before BetQL's Lucy Burge joins the show at 720. And you really never know what's going to happen during that segment. We will make our Survivor Pool picks at 740. Then during the 8 o'clock hour, BetQL's Kate Constable stops by on this Women of Wager Tainment Wednesday. And finally, Best Bets and the Donkster at 845. Chelsea, good morning. What's going on on this Wednesday in Hendersonville, Tennessee? Good morning. Well, I actually enjoyed the NBA games last night. I didn't get to stay up and watch the the Lakers game, but I did enjoy having a lot of bets on the game. I think I should rephrase that Uh, because I think it has been difficult for both of us to kind of get into the NBA this time of year. But with the Mm -hmm. NBA play-in tournament, like I think we're seeing a lot more intensity from these teams. And also, one way to make yourself interested in a sport – Put down a bunch of bets. Like, that's what I did last night for the Lakers yeah. and Suns game. Because I knew I couldn't watch it. And I was like, let's make this interesting. So I put down a bunch of bets. And I missed my parlay by one leg. Devin Booker so needed close. one more three for me to hit a parlay. But that's my advice. If you're struggling to find a sport that you're kind of getting into, you're like, God, what do I do when there's not football games? Just put down a bunch of bets. You'll be interested then. That's true. Especially if you put down a lot of money on it. I will. I am sort of getting into the NBA. I will once football season starts to wind down. I can just only handle so many sports at once where I know what's going on, but there's a difference between having sort of a casual knowledge and then having enough of a knowledge where you can really go into the weeds with something and make educated bets. And that's that's difficult for me to do right now in the NBA. I'm trying. I'm getting there. I'm slowly, you know, like pushing back the grass and going like, oh, what's going on over here? I'm trying, but it hasn't been easy because I'm so football oriented right now. Well, what are you supposed to do on the weekdays, though? Like the days that aren't Monday or Thursday, we got to bet on something. And I personally like something to look forward to uh, weekday (laughs) nights because the sun the other day set at 4.31 p.m. 4.31 p.m. What am I supposed to do all night? So I feel like it is a good time to park yourself on the couch, put some bets in for an NBA game, and just hope for the best. So at least I can watch the East Coast games. Because that's the thing about the NBA, too. We wake Mm -hmm. up so early for the show, it's really difficult for us to stay up for even the start of some of these West Coast games. So I'm sorry, Lakers. I'm sorry, Warriors. I'm sorry, Kings. Like, I can't watch a lot of your games. So I think most of my bets will be on the East Coast teams. I'm lucky if I watch a game. I was so tired. You know how it is when you take a few days off from work and then all of a sudden you get on a normal schedule and then you have to get back into this schedule? 
And so yesterday, not only was I trying to get back into this schedule, I had no rest. I had to go straight to Commanders to do a podcast, and they were running late. So by the time I got home, Chelsea, I fell asleep by 6.45. That's how tired I was. I woke up this morning, I felt a hell of a lot better, but I missed everything, and so I had to get up early this morning. I'm watching highlights. I'm reading stories, looking at box scores. But, man, now I feel a trillion times better. But that initial, like, getting back into what we do and getting up this early, it just takes me about 24 hours to do it. Oh, it takes me longer than that. Uh, But the thing is, I just take (laughs) naps. So if there is a primetime game on, like Mondays and Thursdays, I really want to watch at least – half of the primetime football games. So I will take a sure. nap on Mondays and Thursdays so I can stay up later. Well, that's smart. That's good advice. I need to take that myself. Tell us about your bets last night. You were really close to sweeping the board again. <sighs> I was watching this game, and boy, oh. was this one frustrating because the Knicks were getting blown out so bad that Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson and the rest of the starters were pulled from this game in the final three minutes. So there is <sighs> nothing worse than being three points shy of hitting your prop and you see the starters head to the bench. You're like, what? I could have had it. Like, obviously, it wasn't like a super sharp play because, you know, if it was super sharp, he would have had it in the first half like Julius Randle did. That was mm-hmm. the other thing. Had Jalen Brunson over 26 and a half points against the Bucs. Uh, he finished with 24. It was simply Julius Randle's night. He had, I believe, more than 20 points in the first half. However, also had Jalen Brunson over his assist prop of five and a half. I think he had hit this in like five of his last six or seven, his last eight, something like that. He finished with six, so a close call, but that was a winner. So split the board one and one. Nice job. Nice job. I had Knicks plus five against the Bucks. Oh, my God. That was a massacre loss. Thankfully, had Devils at Canucks over six and a half goals, and the Devils win six to five. So that was an easy winner. You're talking about the two highest scoring teams in the NHL there. Donkster with a one and one night as well. He had Delaware at Xavier and laid 11 and a half at the Musketeers. Delaware winning outright 87 to 80. That was a loss. The Donkster won the father son challenge. He had Bucks minus four and a half. So that was a win. So for the week, Chelsea, you were just fine. Three and one. I am one and one, and the Donkster three and one. Look how happy he is leading the way this week with you. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Wednesday. And let's get into what we saw last night in the NBA. And we start in the East with the game we've been talking about, the Eastern Conference quarterfinal, at least as far as the in-season tournament is concerned. The Bucks just all over the Knicks, 146-122. The Bucks were laying... Four and a half, five, depending on where you got it. Didn't really matter. Bucks minus 190 on the money line. The total set at 230, the overhits. Bucks get a monster performance from Giannis, 35 points, 10 assists. Damian Lillard with 28. And the Bucks just could not miss from the field. They score 146 points in this game. That is a season high. They shoot better than 60% from the field overall. 60% from three-point range as well. They move on to face the Pacers on Thursday in Vegas in the in-season tournament semifinals. Bucks 5-0 in tournament play. They have won 10 of 12 overall. And Chelsea, I did not expect this game to be such a blowout. But when you shoot 60% overall from the field, you're going to beat everybody. 
Well, I think these numbers are a little skewed because the Bucks did have a great shooting night, but in the fourth quarter, the Knicks stopped playing defense because this was a blowout. So I don't know if that's extremely telling. Like, it was a great shooting night for the Bucks, but, you know, these numbers look like they shot the lights out, and I'm just not uh, – from somebody, you know, I watched the game, and so I think a lot of it was the Knicks kind of gave up in the fourth quarter, which was surprising. Usually Knicks teams are, you know, a tough – Hard-nosed team, Tom Thibodeau, you know, usually gets the best effort from mm-hmm. his squad, but it's just they were wilting away. I think they were down like nine or ten points, and you would just start to see them just fade. The offense just did not look repeatable. And, you know, when you score 122 points, you would usually you would say, okay, the offense wasn't the problem, which, you know, the defense wasn't great either. But still, down the stretch, the offense just did not look repeatable. The Knicks looked lost compared to the Bucks, who offensively are one of the best teams in all of basketball. And obviously, when you have Giannis, when you have Damian Lillard, who kept hitting clutch three after clutch shot, uh, it's very difficult to keep up. So I think that was the bottom line. The Bucks were just so good on offense that the Knicks really couldn't keep up. Although Julius Randle tried... Uh, he had a huge night in this one, like I said, scored 41. Um, but still, it was the Bucks racing up and down the court, and the Knicks really just couldn't keep up. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. Season high 41 for Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson 24, R.J. Barrett 23, and you can be playing a good game, but when you're trailing and then the team that you're trying to catch up to just will not miss, it's deflating, it's demoralizing. The Bucs led by as many as 27 in the fourth quarter. The Bucs even emptied their bench. It got so bad that Giannis's brother, Thanasis, got into the game. When Thanasis Antetokounmpo is in the game, I can assure you it is a Milwaukee blowout. So I don't really think this is any sort of barometer on how good or bad the Knicks are. It's just one of those games where Milwaukee was on fire and the Knicks were playing well, but they were just not going to catch Milwaukee with the way they were shooting the basketball. I would like to see what the New York media has to say about this game. Because I think I think there are some implications of this game. This was the yeah. first big spotlight game that the Knicks had this year, and they look terrible. Like, if this is any indication of how the postseason is going to go, I know it's just one game, but still, you were mm-hmm. playing the cream of the crop in the NBA. And isn't that the goal for the Knicks? Like, I don't think their goal is just to finish in the middle of the pack of the East. This is a team that wants to compete. But we know they don't have the high-end offensive talent that Milwaukee does. So I think this was kind of a, a tough a tough sign for the Knicks moving forward that unless they make some moves, unless their offense gets more repeatable, that they are not going to be a team that you will want to trust in the postseason. It's just a reminder the Bucs are on a different level. If you thought you could compete with the Bucs, and this is probably more of an extreme example because most games I feel like would be closer than this, but it is a stark reminder the Knicks have work to do to get on the level where Milwaukee is. In the Western Conference, the Lakers beat the Suns 106-103. Lakers laying a point and a half. Lakers were minus 120 on the money line. Total set at 231 and a hook. The under hits. LeBron James doing what he always does, 31 points overall. 15 of the team's 19 points in the fourth quarter. Anthony Davis drops a double-double. He had 27-15. and 15. The Lakers move on to Vegas. will face the Pelicans in the in-season tournament semifinals. But there was a big controversy at the end of this game. Under 10 seconds to play, the Lakers were up by two. Inbounding the basketball, they get it to Austin Reeves. Devin Booker pokes, pokes it away. And it looked like LeBron called timeout 
after the ball was loose and the official still gave him the call. Still said, all right, the ball was loose on the hardwood. So the Suns were just furious. Remember, this was a two-point game. Phoenix coach Frank Vogel after the game saying this, quote, you can't call a timeout on a loose ball. Everything in the league is reviewable. I don't know why this can't be reviewable. We got the trap. We got the turnover. The damn whistle blows. It's just frustrating. So crunch the Lakers. It's a 48-minute game. But this was a really bad call late when we could have potentially seen a tie game. Yeah, for sure. This was a call that really could have gone either way. And also, it looks like it should have gone the other way. And I think the Suns have a right to be mad. Although, they did have a chance to win this game at the buzzer. Kevin Durant missed a shot. So, it was not the game decider, but it was pretty close to it. So, they have every right to be mad. Uh, But I think when it comes to these type of situations, I think you point the finger at yourself. You say, okay, well, we shouldn't Mm -hmm. have let the game be this close in the first place. I think from a betting standpoint, moving forward, I will be looking at the star players in these in-season tournament games. I don't know if we knew how much effort we would see from the stars in these games, but I think they're bringing it. Like From a a player prop perspective, the stars have been shining. Like, just from doing that stupid parlay, like LeBron had a massive night, Kevin Mm -hmm. Durant went over his points prop, and I know that's a very simple handicap, but moving forward, I think these are the games to bet on uh, in the in-season tournament when there are some kind of implications on December the 5th. This is something new to us, betting on regular season NBA basketball, and we're seeing the best effort. I'm actually enjoying it. I will say I've come around a little bit as someone who has hated on the tournament. I well, let me temper that. I I'm not pumped about the NBA in season tournament, but what I appreciate and I think something that it has brought to the fold is the fact that we're not seeing guys sit out and take breaks. We're seeing them give max effort at this point in the season, which hasn't necessarily been the case. Damian Lillard said after the game, we want to win this thing because we want to set the tone for the rest of the season. We want to show everyone we're a championship team. And then Darvin Ham, the Lakers head coach, was talking about money and said, hey, make no mistake, we're going after the bag. These guys know the money that is out there to be had. So whatever the motivation is, I will say at the very least, we're getting efforts that maybe we wouldn't normally see until later in the year, and we're getting them now. Right. Like, I kind of laughed at the NBA in-season tournament, too, but it is bringing out the best in some of these teams. It's almost like when you're playing golf and you put money down. Like, doesn't the ante feel upped when people start putting some money in? I know it's not big money to some of these guys, the guys that are making, you know, $100 million, but still it's something, something to play for. That's uh, still the NBA Cup. I mean, it, I will say it's good. I'm I'm glad to see some sort of drama, some sort of intrigue, some of these storylines. They are interesting to me. Maybe I'll get pumped this weekend when I see semifinal games in Las Vegas on a painted court that's going to be turquoise or lilac or something like that that keep me extra interested. Coming up next year on the show. A Sunday night showdown looms between the Eagles and the Cowboys, and the spread keeps going back and forth. We're going to talk about that game and the rest of Week 14 in the NFL. It is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Greg Tavey with us on a Wednesday. 
Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. It's a Wednesday. Double D, you gotta give me some music, man. I can break it. Yeah. Mm. Good morning to you. We are live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the East. Daily tip from BQL presented by Bad MGM. She is Chelsea Messenger, my partner in crime. I'm Michael Jenkins. Coming up shortly, our take on the best games for week 14 in the NFL. And if it is time to buy low on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Chelsea, it's always hot take time in the NFL. And I just saw this. Oh, God. I know it's coming. Was this this actually on NFL Network? Oh, my. (gasps) On NFL Total Access. How did this? Listen to my voice. How did this happen? David Carr was on NFL Total Access yesterday and said the Eagles should have a, quote, serious conversation about Marcus Mariota being QB1. Quote, clearly Jalen isn't comfortable reading a defense in a dropback pass. Some would say he's not good at it. You have to have a serious conversation about Marcus Mariota starting right now and letting Jalen get fully healthy. He'd be more productive. Are you out of your freaking mind? I'll take Jalen Hurts at 2% over Marcus Mariota. What, Jalen Hurts is a little banged up? You're in the final stretch of the season. You got to win games for playoff seating, and you're going to pull a guy who's one of the favorites to win the most valuable player because he's a little nicked up so that Marcus Mariota can play. I'm stunned at that take. Absolutely stunned. Guys, at this point in the season, you know, if if Joe Burrow gets healthy, you got to stick with Jake Browning. Did you see him against the Jags? That was an otherworldly performance. I mean, (laughs) you you just got to go with the backup here. When it comes to bad takes, this is a bad take. Yeah, at least Jake Browning had a good game. What are we doing with Marcus Mariota? As a Titans fan, I have seen this story before. When Marcus Mariota was our quarterback one, he was so bad that there was a local McDonald's downtown that would routinely clown him on their marquee. That was how bad. He was the laughing stock of Tennessee. And people loved him because he was great around the community, but it just, it's not there. So to make that type of comparison... (laughs) Like, it's not even comparable to Jake Browning because at least Jake Browning has had a good game. Marcus Mariota, how many chances is he going to get? Like, he didn't make the cut in Atlanta, didn't make the cut in Tennessee. I didn't even know he was the backup quarterback for the Eagles, if I'm being perfectly honest. So, like, what are we doing here? Like, I get that this is a culture where you say the most ridiculous things And you try to get attention. And I guess, congratulations. Here's some of that attention you ordered. 
But still, to go on NFL Network that has some standard, one would think, of intelligent argument arguments and former players and trying to put themselves, you know, in that level, like to have a, somebody say this, come on, man, this has to be the worst take of the week. Worst take of the month. I'm with you. I'll admit, I did not know Marcus Mariota was the backup in Philly. I thought he was working down at Jersey Mike's or something. I had no clue. Uh, he got replaced by Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Think about that for a second. You got replaced by Desmond Ritter, and now because Jalen Hurts is banged up, and I feel bad for Jalen. I think he has a, like a knee issue, a thumb issue. He's still Jalen Hurts. What are you right. talking about, dude? Oh, my God. He can't Cut read Stanley a defense? Stinks. Well, then how did he get to the Super Bowl? How has he put up numbers that has him in the, the conversation to win MVP? Like, maybe can't read it as well as, I don't know, like Patrick yeah. Mahomes or somebody. But the bar is very high. Like, I just don't get, you know, what prompted this, you know, uh, approval of Marcus Mariota. Like, did he mm-hmm. play in a game somewhere that I'm not, like, remembering? Like, it's been a while since we've even yes. talked about him. I don't even know what to say here. That's just uh, – as far as bad takes go. And it was on NFL Network. That's what gets me. Chelsea, before we get into pro football, on my mind, you know, is all about college football. I'm on a college game. So we got to remind the people, BetMGM is giving everyone a chance to win up to $25,000, baby, if you can predict the most college football bowl games against the spread correctly. And it's really easy to do. You log on to the BetMGM app. It's beautiful. It's easy to navigate. Or you visit BetMGM.com, go to the Promotions tab, access the College Football Bowl Pick'em Challenge, and submit your entry. You don't even need to make all your selections at once. You can wait right up until kickoff for each and every game. Your chance to win up to twenty-five grand if you pick the most games against the spread out of all eligible users only at BetMGM.com. I don't know if I'm eligible, but I'm definitely playing. And I'm playing the NFL this weekend. It is week 14. Bills at the Chiefs. That's where we're starting. Chiefs playing two and a half points. The Chiefs minus 140 at Arrowhead Buffalo. Plus 115 total set at 47 and a half. We discussed some of these games yesterday. But man, I simply cannot believe that you're getting the Chiefs this cheaply. If you want them on the money line, fine. But I will gladly lay two and a half with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes at home they've hit a bit of a rough patch here but this is when you say okay now it's time to strike oh yeah yeah they're still the better team uh they're still the team playing at home and the stat that you have to remember is the chiefs coming off a loss under patrick Mahomes, 18 and 3 straight up after a loss if there's one thing that the chiefs do well it is come back after a loss. So this mm-hmm. seems like a great situation for the Chiefs. And just look at both of these teams. I think the Bills are fully capable of making this a game with the Kansas City Chiefs at their best. But this is a team that we do not see their best every single game. Mm-hmm. Aren't the Bills one of the most frustratingly inconsistent teams in the entire NFL? So I think I will take the Chiefs here, which I know you can say, well, the Chiefs just lost to the Packers. Uh, they did, and that sucked. Uh, but still, we <laughs> know that the Chiefs are very good at regrouping. So I think I will stick to my guns here, and I'll stick with the the stat that brought me, and that is the straight-up uh, record of the Kansas City Chiefs when coming off a loss. 
Jenks, do you ever think that we we are open to changing our minds on some of these games later in the week? Because we go through the slate, I think on Tuesday, sure. and we pick all of our initial reads. Most of the time, I don't think I switch sides, but do you ever find yourself reconsidering some of these picks, more information you yes, get in? I do. When it's an early look, you know, just full disclosure, I don't do hard handicapping early in the week in the NFL. It's sort of, I'll, I'll, I'll peruse, if you will. I'll look at a few things. I'll go with gut feeling. I'll look at maybe a couple trends, and that's it. If I'm really going mm -hmm. into a game like a pick six or our segment, something like that, then I'll, maybe I'll find something to say, oh, well, I didn't consider that, or this person is injured, or this is a matchup which really benefits one team, or maybe the money is flowing in a different direction, and there's a reason why I need to look at that. So I'm like you, and most of the time my picks stay the same, but there are also times when you will hear me say, okay, I feel like this is going to happen here, and this is why this is going to take place, and this is why this team is going to cover. And then once I dig a little deeper, I say, ooh, I think it got this wrong. I'm going to the other side. So it's not common, but it definitely happens. That's exactly my train of thought when it comes to this Cowboys and Eagles game. Because I think mm -hmm. both of us have been on the side of the Cowboys. But PJ Glasser came on our show yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I think when you just look at your gut feeling, does it make you squeamish at all to take the Cowboys in a big game? Because I think that is the bottom line. The Cowboys yeah. are a good team, statistically speaking. But the Cowboys have beaten the brakes off a bunch of really bad teams. It's true. Like, what's the Cowboys' best win this year? Like, I'm going to have to look it up. I don't even know off the top know. of my head. The Seahawks? I yeah, I, I think PJ made a very good point, and I'm glad you brought this up because when – and also, before I get into this, it's important to keep an open mind about this. So that's one of the right. best things you can do it really in life, but also in sports betting, mm -hmm. which is you might have something and you feel strongly about it, but then you get information that contradicts what you were thinking. Don't put your ego to the side and say, wait a second, this is different than what I thought. Let me – let me take a step back and take a look at this again. And so you're right. PJ came on. He was making a case for the Eagles. And I thought, these are some really good points that I hadn't considered. And one of those points was, yeah, the Cowboys are absolutely incredible at home. But look at their schedule. And so I don't know what their best victory is. I think maybe it is that Seahawks game. Because the teams they've been beating up on are not good teams. And the Eagles clearly are not in that category. But this is also the head-to-head -head meeting of two usually angles that I like to play. Because the reason okay. that we were on the Cowboys in the first place is because, situationally speaking, the Eagles are in a really tough stretch. They have had an absolute gauntlet of games. Already played yeah. the Cowboys in a one-score game, beat the Chiefs on the road, overtime game against the Bills, just got beaten up by the Niners. So you look at that side and you say, okay, this is why I'm not taking the Eagles. Because situationally, they're in a tough spot. We know the yeah. NFL, more than matchups, is a very physical league. And when you have a tough stretch like this, it can be difficult to win games. But now that I am saying, okay, so if I'm not taking the Eagles, I've got to take the Cowboys, that makes my stomach turn a little bit. When I have to trust the Cowboys in a big game, yeah, like that makes me nervous. With their head coach, Mike McCarthy, a possibility of ruining the game late in it, 
I don't know. I don't think this one's going to make the card for me anymore. I'm going to go Cowboys. It's going to be it's going to be a sw- now I will say money has come back in towards Dallas. This line opened at 3, went to three and a half yesterday. Now it's back at 3, and that's what I was talking about yesterday, which is I like the Cowboys at 3. I don't like them at three and a half because I do expect this to be a close game. I will say this. If you're making the case for Dallas, you've got Dak Prescott playing at an MVP level. Maybe their soft schedule has something to do with that. I mean, Dak is right up there. He is tied for, mm-hmm. I believe, he's right up there near the top of the MVP odds. But not only that, when you talk about the Eagles and the gauntlet that they have been through, the Cowboys have not had that gauntlet. And I really like looking at teams that have had extra time to prepare and extra rest. The Cowboys, because they have had extra time here, will not only be healthier, but they're going to be healthier in general because the Eagles are so banged up, particularly Jalen Hurts. And when you have extra time to prepare for a game like this, especially with the Cowboys at home, I think I'm going to go Dallas, but I could be wrong. I I understand and get the argument for Philly. I think this is the mental pretzel game of the week that I will Mm -hmm. not be playing. Although you look at this total, 53. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring too, but 53... I don't know if I'm taking that either because we saw that Cowboys shootout against the Seahawks. You thought their offense was good. Like the Eagles have some cheat codes on their offense as well. A.J. Brown Mm -hmm. is a great receiver. Um, So I don't even know which way I'm going to play the total either. 53 almost feels unplayable unless we are talking about a Washington Commanders game. Well, let me tell you, I did my Commanders podcast yesterday. Do you know how much we talked for 50 minutes? Fred Smoot and myself. Do you know how much football we talked about? Zero. We talked no, no commanders no. football. There was none. You know it's I bad. swear to God. Oh, it was just <laughs> we talked about everything from travel to backup quarterbacks. We talked about that for a while. We talked about getting older. We talked about being spontaneous. <laughs> we talked about caves in Vietnam. We talked about anything you can imagine except for football. Because what are you gonna say? Especially when you work for the team. You're gonna say okay do you really want to go back and analyze the game against the Dolphins so there was no football talk at all yesterday we just kind (laughs) of sat I swear and even one of the comments was I love how these guys do a commander's podcast and they talk no football whatsoever and then the final comment was but I kind of get it like what are you gonna say what are you gonna say right I was looking are the commanders on a bye week I was gonna say time to look at and it's a bye week they're not so you can't even look ahead you, you don't want to look behind, right? And you, you can't even look ahead because there's no one on the schedule. At the end of the day, we were, or the end of the pod, we were like, well, it is a bye week. Fred, what's it like during a bye week? That's That was all the football talk. <laughs> That's how bad it is here in D.C. It's so bad right now. And you know Ron Rivera. It's just Black Monday when it comes. He will be right there at the top of the <sighs> list. It's only a matter of time. Bless him. It's hard to watch because I think Ron Rivera is one of those guys who are so well-liked across the league. Like, nobody's rooting yeah. for him to get fired. It's just the results, I think, are tough to go against for the commanders. Yeah. And the amount of points that they've been giving up, my God. Like, I wish they were playing this week because, once again, I would be strongly considering the over yet again. Well, when you take over the defensive play calling and you decide, let's play man and put a rookie on Tyreek Hill, I would say maybe, just maybe, not the best idea. Coming up next on the show, we're going to break down tonight's card in the NBA as the in-season tournament gives way to the old boring regular season. 
It's next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Wednesday. Welcome back. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you along with us. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. In just moments, what you've been waiting for, we handicap tonight's action in the National Basketball Association. Chelsea, you know what I'm doing right now? I'm trying to multitask. I just realized I got to do some Christmas shopping because it is coming. I looked up and I'm like, dude, it's December 6th. And this month is just blown by, and I got to get something with a lovely Catherine. I could ask my mom if she wants something. I mean, she'll say, oh, don't give me anything. No, I got to get her something. I got to figure this out. Now I've got 80 tabs open, trying to figure out something that the lovely Catherine will want for Christmas. I got to get on this. Are you an early shopper? Are you one of those people? And you're going to say, I'm already done. I've already finished it. I'm not a gifts person. And I feel like I've said this before. Our family's like not super big on presents. Like mm-hmm. I told Jake, I I don't really want anything for Christmas. All I want is for us to have presents under the tree for Blake. We have a th- mm-hmm. uh, four-year-old. She just turned four yesterday. Uh, so that's the only reason like that I want a bunch of like presents under the tree for that reason. But I'm somebody who would rather go on like a trip or go out to dinner like, if I need something, I am an adult with my own money. I've already bought it, right? I think that's why it's so tough to buy mm-hmm. gifts for adults for adults with a job. Because, like, if they yeah. needed something, they would probably already have it for themselves. So the only gift-giving advice or ideas I can present are things that people would almost feel guilty about for getting for themselves. Like, you know, yeah. for women or, like, you know people who are stressed, like if you bought them a massage or something, that is an experience that most people say, I don't necessarily need to be spending money on this, but if somebody else is giving it to me, I will have to use it. So like maybe something like that, like, I don't know. Like, like I said, we're just not big gifts people. I'm not, I mean, I like gifts. I like gifts, but I that's not so stupid. Matt's laughing. I like gifts. I like gifts. Uh, I, I mean, I do appreciate gifts, but I, for me, I, as I've gotten older, I've become more experience oriented. That's really mm-hmm. what, what I'm about, be it a massage, be it a, a vacation, be it a trip, a night out, a great dinner. And so since I'm going to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl and for New Year's Eve, I told Catherine, I said, let's. I said, for me at least, I'm going to get you something for sure because she definitely likes gifts. 
I said, but for me, honestly, I'd rather you, whatever the amount is, I don't care. Let's use that money for something in New Orleans. Like, let's have an awesome meal, or let's go to a cool bar, or let's explore something and get on a swamp boat, or whatever it is, but let's use that and enjoy our experience together. That is something that I would love. So I think that's where I'm going with my gift or whatever that is. She's not listening, is she? Can I, like, no. spew some ideas real quick? Oh, yeah, um, she's, she's totally asleep. I think it would be good to plan something out in New Orleans, whether mm -hmm. it's like a dinner at like the oldest restaurant in New Orleans, like something really cool, or Ooh. you could even like hire a photographer. Cause you know what girls oh, like? That's a good girls idea. like great pictures. And I don't think, you know, most women are pretty basic. We want good pictures with our significant others that we don't have to ask a, a stranger, you know, on Bourbon Street yes. to take a picture. So I don't know how expensive that would be, but it is just so photogenic down there in New Orleans with like all the yeah. cool buildings, you know, and the architecture. So maybe something to look into if it's not that expensive, because I know photographers are asking yeah. a pretty penny these days. That's a good idea. I I'm just glad because I feel selfish. You know how it is because I'm obviously mm -hmm. such a Longhorns fan and I feel selfish like I going on this trip obviously because i want to watch texas play it's her first texas game so that'll be fun but at the same time i want her to enjoy this trip but it's cool to see her say oh i want to do this i want to do this i'm making a reservation here i can't wait to do this so now i feel better like okay you are going to get to enjoy this trip hopefully as much as me as opposed to it being football texas texas the entire time i think it'll be a good trip for both of us i'm, I'm so glad it's in new orleans i think that's the key I've got one more idea because right, I just it. went on a bachelorette trip to New Orleans. So like mm -hmm. they did a bunch of fun stuff. What about one of those gator swamp boat tours? Would she like that? Would she lean into that? Yes, because in fact, she told me she wants to, oh, this is where, this is one area in which we are not in agreement. She loves reptiles. She loves, an, I mean, I love animals, oh, but, she, but she loves reptiles. Like she was a volunteer at the Smithsonian National Zoo and worked in like the reptile area. So she wants to hold a baby gator and she wants to like see the different animals down there in the swamp. And so, yes. And Fred was telling me yesterday, oh, they got gators, they got pigs down there in the swamp. He goes, take on a swamp boat. So that may be, I don't particularly care about that. I don't particularly care about looking down and being terrified for my life that I'm gonna lose my equilibrium and fall over and be eaten on the spot by an alligator like that would happen to me so if i don't come back that's exactly how i'm gonna die i i am not dying to do that but she would love that yeah that's what i'm saying i think experiences hit better than you know some gift which like you know there are certain things and i know there are situations where people want a material thing in front of them but as you yeah. get older i think the experiences are the way to go oh for sure i totally agree with you so that's what we're going to do. We're going to experience some. Those are some good ideas, Chelsea. I'm glad I brought this up because, yeah, that's a good idea. Photographer, I'm going to remember that. Maybe reservation and then the old swamp boat. That's something I think we'll definitely do. That's a great idea. Let's experience some NBA action tonight, shall we? No. Oh, if you love the in-season tournament, forget it. It's just regular season action tonight <laughs> on the hardwood. <laughs> Let's begin. In Atlanta, the Nets are in town. Hawks are laying three and a half points. The Hawks are minus 175 on the money line. The Nets are plus 145 at BetMGM, and your total set at 241 and a half. It's a high total. 
But I think I'm looking at the over, Chelsea. Yeah, I think this would be a great game for player props for that reason. Both of mm -hmm. these defenses ranking in the bottom 10 against most positions. And also the last time these two met head-to-head, -head, it was an absolute scoring fest. Yes, it went to overtime, so you need to take that into consideration. But it finished 147 to 145, Atlanta winning that game at home as well. So I think I would still consider the over here, even though it is uh, an extremely high total, 242. But this is totally gettable for an Atlanta mm -hmm. team that has played uh, in some really high-scoring games over the past couple of weeks. 132 to 121 against the Bucks, who, yes, are uh, uh, offensively one of the best teams in the league. 137 to 135 against the Spurs. And then if you remember their game against the Pacers, it was 157 to 152. So, yes, this seems like a really high total, but don't be afraid because Atlanta, they like to play fast and they don't like to play defense. So, I would consider the over 241 and a half. I agree. Whenever you see the Hawks on the schedule, you immediately should look at the over. I'm not saying bet it blindly, but they've hit the over in seven of their last 10 at home this season. They're seven and one to the over, and Brooklyn surprisingly an over team as well. They're eleven and eight to the over this season. Hawks games are like one eighty four to one seventy two, like you were talking. They're ridiculous games. So let's go over tonight in Atlanta. Here's an interesting one: Magic at the Cavaliers. Cavaliers laying four and a half points. Cavaliers minus one ninety on the money line. The Magic are plus one fifty five. Total is two twenty two and a half. I'm gonna grab the Magic here. These two teams met earlier this season, and Cleveland won in a rout. It was 118-94, but I think this line is a bit of an overreaction to that meeting because if you look at Orlando, I mean, they have been machines this season at covering the number 15-5 and five against the spread. That is third best in the NBA. Money's coming in on the Magic as well. Give me Paolo on the boys in Cleveland. Magic plus four and a half, Chelsea. Yeah, this is the way to go here because outright as the as underdogs, the Magic actually have a winning record, seven and six straight up, and they've been really good uh, in the recent stretch. They did lose as two and a half point dogs to the Nets, but if you look at their last ten games, they have five wins straight up as underdogs. So this is a spot where Orlando has really thrived, especially when you're giving me you know four and a half. That seems like a healthy number here. I will take Orlando as well. This is one of those first impression roses where you see the board and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take that <laughs> side. Uh, so upon further research, I will still be on the Orlando Magic here. I like it. I really want to play this tonight. I don't know. Have I won an NBA game this year betting? I don't think I have. I think I'm 0-2, which is not terrible. But also not great. So we'll <laughs> see if I actually have the guts. We'll see about that. Here's the game I am betting tonight. Heat at the Raptors. Raptors laying three and a half points. Raptors minus 150 on the money line. Heat are plus 125. Total set at 219 and a hook. I'm on the Raptors tonight. I will play this down to three. Hell, I should play them maybe on the money line. But here's the thing. Toronto is struggling right now. They've lost six of ten. And the Heat have not been much better. But I think the key here will be rebounding. Bam Adebayo not playing for the Heat. And... The Heat are already a bad rebounding team. They're 29th in the league. The Raptors are 6th in the league on the glass. So Miami is not going to get a lot of second-chance points in this one. Tyler Hero not playing either. 
So I'll buy the hook play down to three. It's minus 125. Let's go Raptors in Toronto. I think my first impression on this one was these smell like two under teams, right? Like mm-hmm. the Raptors and the Heat. The Heat normally play at a really slow pace. Also, usually are pretty good defensively. It sucks that Bam Adebayo's out, but also he would be somebody who is contributing to their offense. Uh, if you look at the Heat's scores when they're not playing the Pacers, when they're not playing the Bucks, these are normally low-scoring games against Brooklyn, 112-97, against the Knicks, 100-98. to So I think I'd lean that way. It's a pretty low total at, I believe, 218 to 19 and a half, I'm saying. But I would consider the under there. Man, I'm just saying, when I bet on the NBA, turn the other way. Turn the cheek and go to the other side until further notice. I'm getting there, Chelsea. I'm getting there. Coming up next here on the show, time to play Read and React in the NFL. And hopefully we'll give some takes that don't sound like David Carr. She's Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM Center. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.